ज्ञानंजन शलाकाया चक्षुरुन्मिलतम्येनत्हस्माय्श्रीगुरुवेनमाशीचेतन्यानोभिष्ठमस्तापितम्येनबूतले ೀರೂಪಸಗನರಗನಥಂಥಂಸಜೀವಂಸಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದಸಹಗನಲಿತಾಶ್ರೀವಿಶಾಖನ್ವಿತಂ
Nityana Chandrika and Hari Vyasadev, mother and son. So I will be saying a few words on that topic. And, uh, and, 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 well, guess what we can do now? We can sing. And we can sing the, oh, this says Siddhalalasa, song number one. Okay. From Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, from his Gita Mala. And it's another song of expectancy of anticipation translation uh, this is Kobegoravani uh, when oh when will I wander here and there weeping under the shade of the trees and creepers along the banks of the celestial Ganges river in Navadvip I will cry out, O oh, Radhe, O oh, Krishna, and I will completely forget about all the so-called pleasures of this material body. When will I be able to live so simply by begging some food from the homes of the untouchables who live here and there? I will drink the water of the Saraswati, and in ecstasy I will roll to and fro on the banks of the river, raising a loud uproar of Krishna, Krishna. When will I bow down to all the inhabitants of the holy land of Navadvip? and receive a bit of their causeless mercy. I will smear the dust of the Vaishnava's lotus feet all over my body and I will wear the dress of a mad wandering mendicant. And finally, when I factually observe that the transcendental land here in this translation, it's misspelled. It says lane, should be land. When I factually observe that the transcendental land of Navadvip is non-different from Sri Vrajabhumi, then I shall be transformed into a Vrajavasi, also a resident of Vraja. Then, I will see the true form of the transcendental realm opening up before my very eyes. And I will thus become Jimati Radharani. So now we're getting into some big anticipation. of spiritual 
perfection. This is Siddhi Lalasa, the longing for perfection. <clears throat> All right, how do we do this now? Kabe Goravani Suradhuni Tate Haradhe Akishna Bole Kabe Goravani Suradhuni Tate Haradhe Akishna Bole Kandiya Bedabo Deho Sukha Chati Nana Lata Tade Kandiya Bedabo Deho Sukha Chati Nana Lata Tade Sapatsagrihete Magia Kaibo Tibo Sarasvati Jada Sapatsagrihete Magia Kaibo Tibo Sarasvati Jada Puline, Puline, Gadagadi, Divo, Kori Krishna, Kola, Pala. Puline, Puline, Gadagadi, Divo, Kori Krishna, Kola, Pala. Dhamma Vasi Jane Pranati Koriya Magibo Kripa Lesha Dhamma Vasi Jane Pranati Koriya Magibo Kripa Vaishnava Chagan Renugaya Maki Gloria Vatuta Desha Vaishnava Charana Renugaya Maki Doriyabhaduta desha Gaurabhraja jane Vedana dekhivo Hoibo bharaja basi Gaurabhraja jane Vedana dekhivo Hoibo Varajat Bahasi Dhamera Sarupa Spuribe 
Nayane Hoibo Radhadatasi Damera Sarupa Spuribe Nayane Hoibo Radhadasi Adi Krishna, Adi Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Adi Hare, Adi Rama, Adi Rama, Rama Rama, Adi Hare, Adi Krishna. Ade Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. Hare Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo. Oh,
भव एक गौरवाने सुरादुनीताते so the question word again kabe when when oh when goravani in the forest of gora rather than vrindavane this is goravani uh, when oh when will i wander here and there weeping under the shade of the trees and creepers kandiya is weeping and uh, nana lata taru tale in the in the shade tale tole of the lata the creepers and toru the plant the trees um along the banks of the celestial ganges river suraduni tate tata means the bank uh tatasta shakti that's what we are and suraduni uh is a name of the ganga a very nice name a uh, celestial ganga the <clears throat> the the river of the gods sura duni um i will cry out ha radhe ha krishna mm, bole so calling out radha o oh radha o oh krishna and i will completely forget about all the so called pleasures of this material body deho sukha chadi chadi chadiya chadiya giving up deho sukha the happiness uh, of the body hap- the body pleasures the body happiness <laughs> um and this word beda bo i'm not sure beda ibo um is this forgetting maybe deva shiradika can tell us i think i saw you here beda ibo where did she go i'm here lord hi krishna thank you ah yes to be honest i'm not sure i'm sorry oh kandiya beda beda ibo okay <clears throat> it's um not usual bangla i guess <laughs> okay then uh shapacha grihete shapacha uh, means literally dog cook cooker one who is cooking dog in other words it's a standard term for uh what comes to be called untouchable outcast considered very low uh practically less than human <clears throat> and griha of course means house so shopacha grihete in the ho- houses 
uh, of such untouchables, magia kaibo, magia, having begged or having prayed for, having begged for kaibo, I will eat. So I will eat the food of the untouchables, which is a very unimaginable thing in um, orthodox, you know, Brahminical culture. He's saying, I'm looking forward to doing this. Pibo Saraswati Jal. Pibo, I will drink. And Saraswati, the river Saraswati. And well, my jal means water. I will drink the water of the Saraswati. So uh, my understanding is that what is now called the Jalangi River in, in Mayapur is also known as the Saraswati. Hmm. So in other words, just living in the most simple way Puline, puline, gada, gadi, dibo. Kodi, Krishna, kolahala. I will drink the water of this. And in ecstasy, I will roll. I will roll about uh, to and fro. It's back and forth on the banks of the river. Puline, puline. Raising a loud uproar of Krishna, Krishna. Kolahala means loud roaring. So puline, puline, gada, gada, gadi, I guess means rolling back and forth. Debo, I will give. Um, that might apply to Krishna Kolahala. Krishna Kolahala, Debo. Uh, Koriya, having ro rolled around, not quite sure of the word order here. Then third is Dhamma Basi Jane Pranati Koriya. The Dhamma Basis, the residents of the Dhamma, uh, Jane, uh, to these people. Pranati, offering obeisance, koriya, doing the pranati, doing the offering of obeisance. Magi bo, I will beg. For what? Kripara lesha. Lesha is um, small, small fragment, something very small, just a trace, a trace of kripa, kripara lesha. Vaishnava Charanarenu Gai Makiya Doriya Avaduta Vesha. Let's see. Uh, I will smear the dust of the Vaishnava's lotus feet all over my body. So Makiya, I guess, means smearing. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Radhika and Doriya Avaduta Vesha. I will wear, I will dress in the clothes of 
an avaduta of a wandering mendicant. Uh, and the final verse, Gauda Braja Jane, Bhida Na Dekibo. <clears throat> so uh, Bhida means difference. Uh, we have our philosophy of Achintya Beda Abeda. So here Beda. Uh, which comes from bid, uh, which means to split, to cut through. Beda na dekibo, I will not see a split, a difference <clears throat> uh, between Goda and Braja Jana. <laughs> between people, well, Here it says the land of Navadvip and Raja, but uh, I think it's Jana would be people in the people of Goda and Raja. Hoibo Baraja Basi. Hoibo, I will become, future tense. Baraja means Vraja, adding a syllable, and Basi means a resident. Uh, vasa is uh, to reside, vas, and a vasi is one who resides. Hoibo baraja borojo vasi. Damer sharup spuribe noyane hoibo radharadasi. The Swarupa, the actual form, the original form, Dhamera, of the Dhamma, <clears throat> Spuribe, uh, directly contacting, directly experiencing. How? Nayane, uh, in the eyes. So in other words, directly seeing. Then I will see the true form of the Dhamma and uh, the grand finale, Hoibo Radhara Dasi. I will become a Dasi, a servant of who? Of Radha, Radhara Dasi. So he's having some very big anticipations here. Um, starting out with lots of anticipation of becoming the, the lowest of the low, so to say. Um, he's, he's picturing himself, and we can see this. <laughs> we sometimes talk about affirmations. So here's... This whole song is a big affirmation. I will see, I will do, I will chant, I will uh, directly experience. But it's beginning with, I will cry, kandiya bedabo. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Magia Kaibo, I'm going to eat even the 
even the food I will beg for and accept and welcome the food of the untouchables. That's quite a thing to say in Indian culture because uh, traditionally and still I think very much today, generally, uh, this is one thing people are very conscious of. There's a lot of class consciousness and one, there are two main ways that class consciousness comes kind of prominent and that is uh, uh, eating culture and, uh, and family relations. So one will eat with certain persons and not eat with other persons and one will have family relations with certain persons and no family relations with others. So he's saying, I'm going to throw all of that out the window and I'm just going to chant Ha Radhe Ha Krishna and uh, shout. He wants to shout. He's anticipating having such intense feelings for Krishna that he's going to be shouting Krishna Kolahala. And then... Uh, <laughs> begging for just uh, uh, a grain of mercy of the residents of the Holy Dham. Uh, he's going to take the dust of their feet and live uh, wearing some very simple cloth. And then, then he's going to He's anticipating, realizing, Goda, Goda Desh, Goda Vrindavandam. And at that time, at that time of realizing the non-difference, then he says, I can be a proper servant of Srimati Radharani. So that's nice. Um, okay, Shilabhaktinotakur ki jai. Does it, maybe someone has a comment on this song. Any Anything about this song you would like to comment? My humble obeisance is uh, uh, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. I guess it is not from any uh, outcast or uh, some uh, impious people who would he take food, but uh, perhaps it is from the Vrajavasis or the Navadvipavasis. You think uh, that would be the proper, what he would like to do? <laughs> well, he specifically says, Shapachakrihete. In the homes, in the houses of the Shapacha. And shapacha is the standard, you know, standard word for what we call untouchable. Magia kaibo, I will, I will beg. Having begged at their houses, I will eat, literally. 
So you could say, well, he's not going to eat anything that they cook, <laughs> but he's going to beg at their houses. Um, will he accept? Uh, will he accept anything that they give, like the Buddhists? Uh, maybe it's overgeneralization, but uh, there's this understanding in some Buddhist traditions that, um, in general, Buddhists won't. Uh, they won't eat meat or they won't uh, cook. They certainly won't purchase meat. But if someone gives them as they are begging, it's their duty to accept. And why is it their duty? Because it's benefiting the person that is giving. So they consider it a duty to accept whatever comes in their begging bowl uh, whatever it is. If it's meat, then okay, then we eat. So that's a Buddhist idea. Um, I, I wouldn't expect our Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur to be thinking like that. But maybe some uncooked rice and uh, some uncooked sabji he would accept and then go cook himself. Uh, Deva Shiradika, you have a comment. Yes, Maharaj, thank you very much. I, I was just thinking that um, it's beautiful in this song how Bhaktivinoda Thakur, um, because when I was reading through the song, it seems that first Bhaktivinoda Thakur expresses that how he would or he wants to let go and forget about the body. And once he forgets about the body, then the bodily considerations, whether you're eating from a dog eater's uh, house or... Uh, whether you're drinking from the river directly, that doesn't matter because you lose consciousness of your material body. And mm, then, it, yeah. then you come to a stage where um, you realize um, where, where uh, you, you realize the importance of the dust of the Vaishnava's lotus feet. And mm. after that, you come to uh, this realization of how Navadvip and the Vrajabhumi, the the and and yes, it uses the term Gaurav Braja Jane, so which means the people of yeah. Gaura and Braj. So you don't differentiate between and you see them as the same, the abode of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm -hmm. So would it be also um, appropriate to see that these are perhaps the stages that once we are able to overcome our attachments and considerations of the body, that's when we really see Vaishnavas as Vaishnavas and realize their potency and the mercy of the lotus feet of the Vaishnavas. And then only we can mm. see Navadvip and Vrindavan as non-different. Yes, I think that's very good. Um, it's a progression. And yeah, the, the, the idea of, you know, there's different kinds of seeing. <laughs> there's, uh, there's the two general divisions of conditional and unconditional seeing. Um, but uh, you, as you're suggesting, there's uh, he's he's anticipating first of all giving up uh, so many of the conditional forms of seeing uh, centered in the uh, preoccupations of the body and considering what's what is favorable, what is not favorable for the body, and so on. And then he's 
But already at that stage, he's calling out Ha Radhe Ha Krishnambole. So uh, he's he's it's very much anticipation of uh, of you know of reaching this sid this siddhi this perfection. But yes, it's like uh, there is a prerequisite uh, for realizing the non-difference uh, of the people of Gora and Braja. And the prerequisite is, uh, is an indifference, deha sukha chadiya, giving up the concerns of the body. We're so, we're very concerned with our bodies. Have you noticed? <laughs> I have noticed with myself. <laughs> Nowadays, especially, we're all, you know, concerned about getting infected with, uh, with virus and all of these things. So, so much preoccupation with our bodies. And Bhaktinoda's giving us a vision of where one is uh, so much elsewhere in one's consciousness that the body the concerns for the body are really just very not not important anymore and we say no not yet i still have so much to enjoy Okay, so one more um, thing, maybe Maharaj. Yes, this uh, non difference of the Rajavasis and the Navadipavasis uh, that means perhaps that uh, one soul in two places, like Jananivas Pro said, our goal in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is actually to be in both places <laughs> Navadip and Vrindavan, <laughs> mm. one soul in two places. Is that what Bhakti not Thakur mean? <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Of course, he was living in uh, in Godrumadvip. Um, whether he was living there when he wrote this song, I don't know. But he seems to have identified a lot with uh, Navadvip. He wrote so much in glorification of Navadvip. And it seems like uh, he very much wanted to see this non-difference. So yeah, we can say like that also, living in both at the same time. Uh, I see now uh, you, Deva Shiradika, have looked up the word beda bo or beda ibo means to let out. So to let out a cry or to let go of a cry or to step out crying. Okay, so ha radhe ha krishnabole kandia beda bo. So I guess the letting out here is letting out a cry. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Good. Okay. Bedabu. I will let out a cry. Okay. Bhaktivinoda Thakur Ki Jai. So, Hare Krishna, does anyone have something to tell, to show, to show and tell, to tell and show? Guru Maharaj, Pandava Prabhu uh, has, a, has a sign up for a presentation but, uh, or sharing, but I'm not pretty sure if I understood properly. There's like a, some 10 minutes or 10 devotees or something. <laughs> he, he didn't wrote it very precisely. So Pandava Prabhu, would you be so kind to unmute and share? Uh, no doubt of somebody else's comment. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj and everyone. Uh, Hare uh, no, we have like five minutes, uh, a, a small Ram Leela, uh, and I need to uh, share the screen. Is that possible? Yes, Prabhu, you can share, yeah. You just tap on the share screen, green button at the bottom ribbon. Mm -hmm. And select the screen you want to share if you have multiple screens open on your laptop. Try once again. Try once again, probably. It, it was fine. Only you need to, like, uh, keep that particular window selected. Yeah. Yeah, but it tells me that the file is too big. That spoils everything. The file exceeds the maximum allowed resolution. <laughs> Okay, just a second, I have another copy. That's really not a good way. Bharat, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, you're you're muted, so I can't hear you. Oops. Okay, now we're getting the show. So a uh, few words. Uh, this is kind of a lazy show because I've I've used uh, clips from old cartoon uh, Indian Japanese ninety two version. Probably many devotees had seen it and just uh, use it for as a background for 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 little episode when uh, lord ramachandra meets jatayu or finds jatayu so sorry for <laughs> breaking the copyrights laws but God, what can i say sometimes it's 
maybe okay. just on this in a small group of devotees. Lord Raman Lakshman looked for Sita and not knowing of her whereabouts, they found finely scattered flowers which Ram recognized as those who had given to Sita. Rama addressed the nearby mountains. Where has Sita gone? After passing this way, not receiving any answer, Rama became very angry and said, Almighty Hill, if you don't reply to me, I will shatter you to pieces with my arrows. Rama's anger grew. Seeing some blood, Rama concluded that Sita was devoured by Rakshasa and said, no Rakshasa shall escape my vengeance. I will destroy them all. Why then God have not done something to save my Do not deliver, deliver Sita to me at once. I revenge for the negligence and I will destroy them, the entire universe. Rama's eyes were hot red with anger. His lips pressed lightly, trembled with rage. Taking his bow, Ram placed an arrow meant for destroying the universe. Lakshman, terrified with joint palms and supplication, pleaded. Dear Ram, you are gentle, self-controlled, and well-wishing to all living beings. Therefore, please control your wrath and don't act hastily. Let us continue searching for Sita. You know, you must practice for forbearance since suffering is inevitable. If you cannot do so, how the common man be expected to be tolerant? Let us find the enemy. No need to destroy entire universe. Gradually, Lakshman pacified Ram and they continued to search Janastan. They came upon fallen Jatayu lying in the pool of blood. Rama, fitting an arrow on his bow, said, Lakshman, it must be Rakshasa who has assumed the shape of an eagle. He has eaten Sita. I'm going to kill him. But Getting nearer, Rama recognized Jatayu. He threw his bow aside and seeing helpless position of Jatayu embraced him and asked, tell me everything you know about Sita and her black door. Dear Lord Ram, Sita was abducted by Ravan. I saw him carrying her away. She called me in desperation. This Rakshasa king is carrying me away. He entered our ashram when I was alone and captured me. Please tell Ram that Ravan carried away his Sita. She couldn't stop sobbing. I challenged Ravana shouting, Rama is not an ordinary man. He is the Lord of the world. You are trying to steal his wife? <laughs> <laughs> 
you should protect women as your sister or mother. Rama hasn't wronged you in any way. You shouldn't do this to him. Give up this madness else you will regret it. If you persist with your sinfulness, you must fight me first. I attacked Ravan and was pierced by his arrow. I could only use my wings, claws and beak. I broke his bow and scratched his armor, making his bleed, slowing his chariot. But Ravan rose up in the sky, holding Sita tightly and fell on me with all his strength and cut off my wings. Falling down, I could hear Sita scream, Ram, Ram, and the lotus flowers she wore in her hair fell down too. My dear Ram, do not be taken by grief. You should regain her and kill Rakshasa king. Ravan traveled southwards. The period of time he carried her away is named Vindal Vijaya. It is certain that, that a lost thing will be found if it is lost or stolen during that time. Jatayu gasped his last breath, uttering Ram, Ram. Ram fell on the ground, embracing dying Jatayu and cried as a child. And finally said, Lakshman, we are banished from our country. Now we lost our Sita and now Jatayu, who was like a father to us. There is no, no one more unfortunate than me. Jatayu promised to guard Sita when we were in Agastya's ashram. He died for her. Please collect wood, I will cremate him. Ram carried that body of Jatayu in his arms and walked to the banks of Godavara. Placing his, placing his body on pyre, said, O king of birds, may you reach the heavens meant for those who perform tapas, yagyas, and, and, and accumulated punya. Rama ignited the fire and personally performed all rituals reciting verses meant for Shraddha. The princess bathed in Godavari and headed south. Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Ram, Jai Jat, Jai Jatayu. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm 
Anyway, in the, the version I wanted to show, there were two uh, very good fitting uh, images of Rama displaying his anger and, and placing that arrow and also Jatayu, but for some reasons it, didn't, it was too big <laughs> for that sharing. <laughs> anyway, we can use our imagination how it was. Thank you. That was nice. <laughs> yes, uh, of course, we were all celebrating Ramnavami uh, this last Wednesday. So in this way, the celebration continues. Um, it's interesting to me how, how much, how rich uh, Ramlila is. Here we've been listening also. one devotee in Washington, D.C., who is very knowledgeable of Ramlila, and it's just one story after another story after another, uh, and each one with a lesson, of course. We have so much also to learn from Ramlila. <laughs> Let's see, Brihaspati is giving a link. I guess that's to what we just saw, the cartoon, maybe. Anyway, okay, um, the full film, yeah. Yeah, there's so many Ram Leela films. Also, there's a, <laughs> there's a sort of, um, there's one version that was done a few years back uh, by one lady in America, I believe, called Sita Sings the Blues. It's all—it's in cartoon form, and it's—it's Ram Lila. You can say from the perspective of Sita, um, but it's Sita in a somewhat—how shall we say—in a somewhat, uh, perhaps, feminist mood. <laughs> But it's it's quite it's nicely done. I think uh, I think it's taste tastefully done. Anyway, there are so many versions of Ramlila as well that bring out different features of of the story, which we can say has has no limits in a way. Okay, uh, so let's see now. Anyone else have something you want to share? Tell us about uh, some news. Any news? Oh, I was asking. I was asking Bharat. How is Bharat? I think it's he's plugged in. Okay, I guess the sound doesn't work. He's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, uh, if there's no one else who wants to share something, then we could go to Chaitanya Charitamrita, which we were about to pres uh, resume last, last week when His Holiness Gadamba Kananaswami appeared. And that was a very nice treat. I think most of you were here with us. I was actually just asking uh, before he appeared if 
who had done the homework and the homework was to read the purports uh, from verse, what was it, 105, I guess, of chapter seven through maybe 110, something like that. And I was asking if anyone had any comments from any of this. To remind you, uh, the subject here is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meeting with the sannyasis in Varanasi. Oh, what's happening now? Mariyata Purushottama is showing us. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is meeting with the sannyasis and they are, we say in English, they are all ears. They want, they're very eager to hear from Mahaprabhu now his explanation about Vedanta, about the subject which they are spending all their time you can say when they come together, what do they do? You know, what do devotees do when we come together? We talk about Srimad Bhagavatam, we read Bhagavatam, we read Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, we read Nectar of Devotion. And speaking of Nectar of Devotion, uh, you may like to know that, of course, you do know, most of you, that it's Prabhupada's summary study, as he called it, of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu uh, of Srila Rupa Goswami. And maybe I told you this last time, I don't remember now, but it's coming out. I just found out uh, a revised, tra the translation of His Holiness Banu Swami is being revised. Uh, by Banuswami to, uh, together with uh, others uh, who are making it a very um, elaborate, I guess they're doing word for word uh, translation. They're doing an elaborate index. Uh, it's gonna be published by the BBT and it's going to be five volumes. And the first three volumes they're hoping to come out with uh, by the end of this year. So that's something. So sannyasis in Benares do, they read uh, the Upanishads and they read Vedanta Sutra and they try to understand the Upanishads through the Vedanta Sutra uh, with commentaries of uh, Shankaracharya and his followers. Incidentally, how many how many different um, branches of Advaita Vedanta schools are there following Shankara? Uh, my teacher of Tattva Sandarva told us uh, there's possibly something like a hundred different hundred different branches. So there's there's lots and lots and lots of different flavors of 
of Shankarite, of non-dualist Vedanta. And here we are with Lord Chaitanya. He's facing all of these, you can say, card-carrying hmm, Brahmavadis or even Mayavadis, and, and they want to hear from him. And what is he saying? Um, someone was about last time to comment something, but I don't remember who it was. Uh, anybody there who wanted to say something? Maybe you forgot what you wanted to say. Okay, I want to uh, read Guru now. Sorry, Guru Maharaj, I, it was me asking a question about this. Um, oh. Um, Hare Krishna. About this uh, notion, um, I've already a little bit forgot, but I remember the fact that um, it's described how the, the the language of the impersonalist is so potent that it could even distract a pure devotee from his path. So. <laughs> oh, yes, we get this warning, isn't it, that we should not even listen to what they say. <clears throat> Um, is that one of our verses? Or was it in a purport? Maybe it's in the purport. Um, I just read that, but I don't remember now. Um, so your question is, how could it be so potent? Yes, I mean, bhakti seems, uh, if somebody is a cheap, already such a high stage of bhakti and you know being attracted to krishna how could it happen that one wants to go back to just think of nothing or brahmajati i would say like this that of course it depends on one's advancement um, but in particular for the komala bhakta as uh, bhakti Vinod Thakur says the one who's whose bhakti is um, komala, is delicate, is not strong. Uh, such a person may be uh, particularly <clears throat> um, endangered. Oh, here I see now verse 109. Gonavritye bhashya korila acharjo tahara shravane nasha hoy sarvakarjo. Shripad Shankaracharya has described all the Vedic literatures in terms of indirect meanings. One who hears such explanations is ruined. <laughs> uh, well, let's just take it that it's a warning to be careful. Because on the other side, if you want to become uh, a, an effective preacher of Vaishnava Vedanta, there's really no way to avoid uh, first having a good understanding of Advaita Vedanta. Because Vaishnava Vedanta is responding to, it is arguing against Advaita. So if you don't know what they're saying and how they're arguing and what their reasoning is, then you won't know how to counter it. 
and so the general warning is there, you know, be careful. And uh, I would say the main thing is do it, do it in the right association. Uh, if you go join the sannyasis in Benares <laughs> and hear from them, then there's quite a good chance that uh, you would be charmed by their by their words. But if you hear an explanation from Vaishnavas, uh, and certainly from Mahaprabhu and his followers, Jiva Goswami, that danger doesn't have to be there. But at the same time, uh, it's also a matter of understanding. In one sense, this uh, Advaita Vedanta, well, you can say there are two sort of default philosophies in material life. Uh, one is that of the Advaita Vedanta, which uh, is ultimately denying the reality of everything, uh, uh, of denying, it's denying the reality of ourselves as individuals, denying the ultimate reality of the Supreme Person, and therefore denying the reality of the process, of the practice of bhakti. So that's one one sort of default, and the other default we may say the tendon the the other extreme, the other tendency is, um, is that of the sahajiya, uh, who identifies him or herself, essentially, as um, as the enjoyer, as being. Radha or Krishna, something like that, and thereby uh, indulging in a sort of, well, slightly sophisticated form of sense gratification. <laughs> that's an oversimplification, but that's, so these two uh, extremes are there. And what we're looking for is the, the, the third option. Uh, oops, somebody's got their microphone on. Okay. Uh, the third option, which is uh, eternal service, eternal loving service to the Supreme Lord. And uh, to to find that, let's say, that uh, access to this, what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita is actually guhyatamam, uh, it is the most confidential. Guhyam guhyatamam vacham. We want to be careful not to get um, sort of again s pulled away into what is in a sense a simpler philosophy. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, Advaita Vedanta which slips easily into Mayavada 
is is a kind of it's it's the easy way. Uh, a <clears throat> couple of questions here, Pandava and Bhagavati. If Prakashananda Sarasati and Mayavadis were prominent in their times, would they leave any trace of meeting with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or perhaps sannyasis back then didn't bother leaving any notes? Maybe libraries in Benares have it. This is a question which I've asked myself for years. And when I was in Benares, uh, at Benares Hindu University, I was thinking about this. I didn't have opportunity and I wouldn't have had means of, you know, where would you, how would you search exactly? But uh, it certainly would be, uh, one would expect there would be some writings from them uh, that would have left an indication of that meeting and, and of the conversion. Now, some say that Prakashananda Saraswati, after meeting Mahaprabhu, was converted and uh, we might say reinitiated, and he became Prabodhananda Saraswati. That's one theory. I don't believe it's accepted uh, by our acharyas, but some. Some say like that. It makes a nice story, <laughs> um, but still one would like to see uh, something more written, something, you know, historical, uh, something that says, yes, on such and such day, uh, this uh, Vaishnav Sanyasi came and we met and we were amazed by how he spoke and and now we all chant Hare Krishna <laughs> or something like that. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day something will be uncovered. It does happen. Uh, for example, and uh, well, for example, Mahaprabhu himself discovered in the Adikeshava temple in Kerala uh, this one chapter of the Brahma Samhita. Or more recently, I believe it was the year 1911, so a little over like 110 years ago, someone discovered in a library in Kerala uh, the complete works, the dramas, the Sanskrit dramas of the famous dramatist Basa. Um, before this, he was known to have existed. Uh, his dramas were referred to, but nobody knew where are his dramas. And then they were found. <laughs> Someone found his a whole collection, and those have been published, uh, translated also. We studied one of his sh uh, very short dramas in my second year Sanskrit class, a humorous drama. So sometimes it happens. Uh, something is discovered. The Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. Um, new archaeological sites 
are discovered all the time. You know, they're still, still digging up uh, places in India, Pakistan, and so on. So let's hope. Okay, Avaduta Rai is asking, is it possible to defeat impersonalism once and for all? Some devotees say that the impersonalists will also have strong arguments for defeating personalism. Um, well, uh, judging from history, it seems that it's an ongoing debate. And so it would seem that they do have their arguments. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. Um, the impersonalists will write a, a treatise. Uh, someone else will come and a Vaishnava will refute. The impersonalists will come back and refute that. And so it goes. And we could say, therefore, uh, the Vaishnavas don't spend a whole lot of time uh, with Vedanta following the example of Mahaprabhu who said, I'm, my guru said I'm not qualified. So I just chant Hare Krishna. Still, we do get uh, what we find here in Chaitanya Charitamrita. We also get uh, the uh, works of Srila Jiva Goswami. And there's an interesting section in the Tattva Sandarbha we've just been reading. Uh, interesting because here we're just reading how Mahaprabhu tells these sannyasis that what is the problem? The problem is that he is giving interpretation of Vedanta using what is called gona vritti. There's basically, there's mukya vritti and there's gona vritti. Uh, and then there's also a third category, especially for poetry, uh, dvani. But here he's saying the problem is that he has given this uh, indirect meaning. Gona, you can say, means indirect. Uh, instead of taking the direct meanings, he's taking indirect meanings. Now, the plot thickens because uh, Jiva Goswami explains how Vaishnavas take a gona vritti, indirect interpretation of certain passages in the Upanishads in order to make sense of them. So then one might say, well, wait a minute. Uh, I thought Lord Chaitanya said we shouldn't use gona vritti and Jiva Goswami says, well, sometimes you have to. <laughs> So then the impersonalist might come back and say, well, if you're going to do it, we're also going to do it. <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, but let's go on with 
what we have here. Shankaracharya, this is verse 110. Tahar nahika dosha ishvar agnya paya gaunarta korila mukya arta achadya. Shankaracharya is not at fault for it is under the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead that he has covered the real purport of the Vedas. Achadya, uh, he is covered over. So Mahaprabhu is not blaming Shankaracharya. He says he's just doing his job. What was his job as, as, one, uh, as one devotee put it? Uh, the, the Buddhists were saying zero, uh, shunyata, shunyavada, ultimate, ultimate, ultimacy is, uh, is emptiness. Shankara said, no, no, you got it wrong. It's not zero, it's one. <laughs> Ultimate reality is one. So we're getting from zero to one. And in the process of going from zero to one, Shankara is bringing people back to Veda because with with Buddha, there's a rejection of Veda. Uh, and so Shankara was doing his job, which was bring them back to the Veda with faith in the Veda, then they can go from one to two. <laughs> the two being that there is uh, the Ishvara and there is Jiva and they are both real, they are not unreal. And they are uh, real categories, ontologically real categories. Okay, the next verse, I'm, uh, in order to keep uh, to get the uh, sequence of the argument, I'm sort of jumping over the purports, but I'm encouraging you to read the purports um, because there's a lot of important explanation that's filling in here. Verse 111, Brahma Shabde Mukya Arte Kahe Bhagavan Chit Aishwarja Paripurna Anurdva Shaman. According to direct understanding, so Mukya Vritti instead of Gona Vritti. According to direct understanding, the absolute truth is the Supreme Personality of Godhead who has all spiritual opulences. No one can be equal to or greater than him. Now, a key phrase here is chit aishvarya paripurna. And this is already the point of departure uh, from classical Advaita, uh, which says there is Brahman and uh, ultimate 
reality is Brahman, and that Brahman is simply uh, chit, it is simply consciousness. It is not consciousness of anything. Uh, rather, it is pure consciousness. But here, it says, Chit Aishvarya Paripurna, he is full of Aishvarya. And the word Aishvarya, what is it? It is coming from the word Ishvara, which means Lord or Master. And it comes to mean opulence. Uh, and so, spiritual opulence, Chit Aishvarya Paripurna, he is full of uh, spiritual opulence. And what this means is the Lord, there is the Lord, uh, the absolute uh, reality, which includes his energies, his unlimited, uh, his unlimited energies. For the impersonalist, there's no such thing as Shakti. There's no energies. Now, here I think we do want to look at the purport um, because Prabhupada quotes what's going to be a super important and many of you will know this verse from Canto 1, Chapter 2, Verse 11. Varanti tattvavidas tattvam yad jnanam advayam Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavan Iti, Shabdhyate. Learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth call this non dual substance Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan. The absolute truth is under, and then Prabhupada continues, the absolute truth is ultimately understood as Bhagavan, partially understood as Paramatma, and vaguely understood as the impersonal Brahman. Bhagavan, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is opulent in all excellence. No one can be equal to or greater than him. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says, Mata paradaram nanya kinchidasti dananjaya. Oh, conqueror of wealth, Arjuna, there is no truth superior to me. And he goes on to say, Mai sarvamidam protam putre uh, sutre sutre manigana iva. Everything is connected to me like so many pearls on a thread. Uh, and Prabhupada says there are many other verses which prove that the absolute truth in the ultimate sense is understood to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. In the ultimate sense, uh, because the Mayavadis will say yes, um, Krishna, Vishnu uh, is, is Bhagavan, we agree. Um, 
And yes, he is the absolute truth, but not in the ultimate sense. And this is the crux of the problem. There's, they will say, yes, bhakti is very nice. You practice your bhakti. Uh, it's a good thing uh, because it will help you to realize your actual identity, which is Brahman, uh, which is free of all designations, including being a servant of God. You will simply be uh, non-different. You will be Brahman. No more service. So here, <clears throat> the absolute truth in the ultimate sense is understood to be the Supreme Personality of God at Krishna. So that's important. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vrindapati is asking, is it safe to say that at one time Hindus were a minority in India? Um, <laughs> well, Possibly, of course, at the time that they might have been a minority, they would not have been calling themselves Hindus. Uh, the idea of Hindu uh, would have been developing only after uh, those who were invading from Northwest, uh, you know, what's now Afghanistan, and so on, uh, that those uh, were referring to the India, people of India as Hindu, uh, with reference to the Sin, Sindhu River, as is generally accepted. Um, but neither would Buddhists necessarily be thinking of themselves as Buddhists. Uh, this may seem strange, but at least the vast majority of people uh, were simply following their, their dharma, their jati dharma, uh, worshiping their local gods or goddesses, typically a village goddess on special occasions, maybe other uh, divinities. And they may well have been visiting uh, the Buddhist um, ashram or uh, yeah the place where the Buddhist monks were staying and of course the Buddhist monks would may have been identifying themselves uh, as following Bodha Dharma um, but I don't know how much historians have been able to tell because it's still something of a mystery how it is that Buddhism disappeared from India almost completely uh, by the time of Mahaprabhu, certainly, and possibly before that, although we, we have reference also in the Chaitanya Charitamrita to Buddhists in South India, and there, were, uh, there was some sort of tantric Buddhism going on in Bengal. <clears throat> Um, 
Avadutarai. There is a branch of Buddhism called the Gyanavada. In their Lanka Avatar Sutra, there's a shloka, Nishtabhava Param Brahma. Brahman is the ultimate existence. Um, okay, possibly. It's always uh, tricky to take statements out of context, you know. Um, just what, just what is it they're arguing? Are they arguing <clears throat> one direction or the other in that case? Uh, dear Lalita is, uh, is mentioning, it's interesting that Buddhists, Shunyavadis, worship Buddha, the person, the incarnation of Krishna. Uh, do the Mayavadis worship the form of Krishna? Well, uh, yes, Mayavadis may indeed worship the form of Krishna. Um, worship, as, uh, as Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur wrote, um, uh, he called it Putana Bhakti. They're, they're worshiping like Putana is worshiping. <laughs> they're approaching. Krishna, with all sorts of uh, appearance of devotion, but what is the intention? The intention would be to ultimately so-called go beyond. I probably told how I one time just walked into the uh, Shankara Mat uh, in Puri, the, the famous, it's called, uh, what is it called? Govardhan Mutt, it's called, strikingly. Uh, I just walked in one afternoon, and uh, it was a kind of large courtyard, and no one was there. And I just sort of wandered into the temple. They had a temple. And uh, truth be told, I don't remember who I saw. Certainly they had Lord Shiva. Maybe also, I don't remember Krishna being there. Anyway, um, I sort of wandered out and, and then I noticed in one um, large room uh, off of the courtyard, there was some gathering going on. Someone was speaking, others were listening and I just sort of listened uh, for a minute or two they were speaking in Hindi, so I couldn't really follow, but I understood they were speaking about Krishna Leva. Um, and also, I think it was 1995, I went to the Kumbha Mela, <clears throat> or Ard Kumbha Mela, and uh, the ISKCON tent or uh, Pandal had uh, some exhibits of uh, Krishna Lila, some uh, dioramas and so on. And one of the devotees there told me that uh, he had been 
involved in the ISKCON uh, project of preaching at Kumbh Mela since, since several years, Mag Mela, Kumbh Mela. And he said when he was first going there, um, you didn't see any of the others with dioramas, but since the ISKCON devotees have been making such exhibits, now others were imitating. They were also having their exhibits of, you know, Krishna Leela and so on. Um, so, um, so these things are going on. <laughs> it's mentioned, by the way, by uh, Jiva Goswami in the Tattva Sandarbha that Shankaracharya um, consciously avoided discussing the Bhagavatam because he understood the Bhagavatam is so exalted. He does not want to uh, tinge, he does not want to spoil the Bhagavatam by his commentary. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sugopi Tungavidya is saying, influence of Madhavacharya and Ramanujacharya was immense in South India to convert many to Vaishnavism and seems more recent than the Buddhists living in South India. Yes, Buddhists, of course, are there very much in Sri Lanka. Um, yes, uh, so Ramanujacharya was uh, what, 11th century to 12th century. Uh, and then uh, after him, uh, 13th century, I believe, uh, was Madhvacharya. And absolutely true, they were extremely uh, powerful. Um, Shankaracharya is usually attributed to 8th century, the end of the 8th century, I believe. Uh, and we understand, Vaishnavas understand, having been sent by the Lord, he's preparing the way for uh, the Vaishnavas. <clears throat> Avadutta Rai says, a bit of fun. Srila Prabhupada says, we are monists. We say, Akkala Ishvar Krishna. <laughs> the only Ishvar is Krishna. Mayavadis are dualists. They believe in Brahman and Maya that can cover Brahman. Yes, and we could also take it a step further and say that we are shunyavadis because um, we say, mm, uh, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, says in his Shikshashtakam, yugaitam uh, nimeshena chakshusha pravishaitam shunyaitam jagatsarvam govinda this whole world is shunya, is empty in the absence of Govinda. <laughs> uh, there is a Bhagavata school of Mayavadis. 
that use Bhagavatam to prove Mayavad. Yes. Well, um, after all, <laughs> we're living in the age of Kali. This has to be expected. Um, and there are verses in the Bhagavatam, and that's also mentioned by Jiva Goswami, uh, that uh, as he begins to explain how he's going to present his Shatsandarvas, he says, I'm going to I'm going to be giving some initial uh, sutras, so to say, of uh, the basic principles that I'm teaching uh, with statements from the Bhagavatam, what are called Vishaya Vakya. And then I'm going to elaborate on the verses of Bhagavatam, which I quote, by quoting from Sridhar Swami. But he says, I'm not going to be indiscriminate uh, about uh, with Sridhar Swami because sometimes he will say something which he obviously has written in order to attract uh, the Mayavadis or the impersonalists. So Sridhar Swami is sort of playing along a, a narrow line. Uh, generally, he says, he is giving a, uh, a good Vaishnava explanation, but sometimes not. And Jiva Goswami says, I'm gonna ignore those statements. Uh, Chittakarani, you have your hand up. Uh, you are muted, so we can't hear you. You don't know how to unmute. If you go to the bottom of the screen and to the left. No, no, she can unmute. It, uh, it was locked. Uh, my apologies. Okay. Sometimes by the host, it has been locked, and so sometimes we can't do anything. Yeah. Hare Krishna, please accept my respectful obeisances. Hare Krishna. Uh, my question is, just yesterday uh, I was uh, speaking with uh, Andrea Yuvaraj and he asked me uh, about which kind of other forms uh, Krishna may have. And I said, uh, there can be forms infinite. And like what he said is that it could be energy, and some think that God is universe, some thinks that God is light, and uh, also Krishna is light, there is his light. And then he asked me more about how this light is. And then, uh, so I, tr I, I really don't know, this is what I want to uh, ask. I said that there, uh, you are comfortable, there's no problems no issues, no material problems, anything. You are so peaceful and uh, you just feel the love of Krishna, but you just feel it. And then, but there is no mommy, no father, no mother, no friends, anything, any relationship. You're just 
alone. So, but I don't know if this is true or not. I just make a speculation and uh, I don't know if I give the correct answer or what uh, should I say? What is it like being in Krishna's light, in his energy? So the question is about what would be the experience of being in the Brahma Jyoti? Is that the question? Yes, Guru Maharaj. <laughs> I don't know what it would be like because I don't think I've experienced it. At least I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but we can get a, a, a vague idea, you know, as an analogy when, when you go, when, when it's... Well, when it's very dark and then suddenly you turn on a very bright light, uh, you're sort of blinded for a, short, for a short time. So it seems to be one way of understanding it would be like um, being in a sort of blinding light. Um, but the, the idea uh, of the impersonalist is that when you and they do speak of merging with Brahman, uh, there's no longer the sense of I as one who knows, and there's no object that one knows. So there's not, there's not the jnana, there's not, there's no jnana gyeya uh, distinction between what is known and knowledge and oneself. So there's no, no distinction between being a knower and knowing something. So that's how to comprehend that. And Jiva Goswami is going to say that, I don't know if it's in the uh, Bhagavata or Paramatma Sandharva, that when there's knowledge, there's always gotta be an object of knowledge. And that means there's going to be a distinction. Uh, but still, um, in the Bhagavatam, we do have these three ways of expressing or understanding ultimate reality, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. And... If you think about it, these are quite comprehensive. I think one could take any, uh, th any theological tradition and see how they might be comprehended by uh, one or more of these uh, expressions. Uh, Oh, we're getting a lot of comments here. Sugopi is saying, I heard that merging with Brahma Jyoti, one is freezed, frozen, and no service to offer to Krishna. Well, yes, there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be any awareness of Krishna's existence, and there wouldn't be an awareness of being distinct as one who could give service. So yeah, you could speak of it, I suppose, as a kind of being frozen. Um, we could probably have other sorts of analogies. Rindapati, you have your hand up also. 
Please accept my obeisances, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. I, my question is, is that um, <clears throat> some people in the Gaudiya tradition, in the Gaudiya, other Gaudiya traditions, believe that um, our, we all originated from the Brahman originally and then came into this world. And as sadhana bhakti, following the process of sadhana bhakti, we go back to the spiritual sky. If, if information that says that we originally come from the spiritual sky and we fell from there and therefore we're returning back. Could you please uh, <laughs> clarify this? Because this has always been a topic of discussion. Uh, you've just opened Pandora's box. <laughs> and uh, the short answer to your question is, uh, no, I'm not going to get into it for two reasons. One, one is a philosophical reason, and the other is a reason of time, because I want to say something about our Bra Brahman initiation <laughs> um, before we end. Uh, the philosophical reason is, it's actually quite simple, is that um, we don't have the capacity I mean, what you just described may be one way of describing what's going on, but it's, I would say, a very crude expression. Whether you say like this or like this, these are kind of crude expressions because we simply cannot, with our minds, comprehend, nor can we comprehend uh, with words what it means that we are fallen whether we try to make it historical that once upon a time and now uh, here we are, um, or we say anadi since time immemorial, in neither case can we comprehend. Uh, and what I see from Srila Prabhupada's writings is it's not either or, it's both and. Uh, and to comprehend the both and is not something um, we like because we, we tend to like either or because it's easier for our minds. But that's really all I want to say about that now. <laughs> I think it's a mystery and mysteries, the deeper you go into a mystery, the deeper it gets. And that's wonderful. Um, Let's see, Deva Shiradika, you also had your hand up. Yes, Marish, thank you very much. I just wanted to briefly, uh, I had a comment on what Sutakaruni mentioned because she mentioned how she was explaining to this person of how... Her son, who is... How when you old are is in Brahma Jyoti, you don't have a mother, father, brother. Oh. Her nine... How old is he now? Nine or ten years old? Now, just recently, 10 years old. Oh. 10. Yeah, so he's a very inquisitive boy. He's very bright. Yeah. But please, go ahead. Yes. So while you're explaining to your son about this loneliness when you are in the Brahma Jyoti, and I, I got reminded of one time I heard in Prabhupada's lecture where he also mentions that why is it that that people reach the Brahma Jyoti and they fall down because it is very lonely. 
and the way we are we have the tendency to serve and be in relationships and that is why brahma jyoti is not meant for us so yeah i mean although you said it was speculation but it actually wasn't you were quite correct in saying that it gets slowly and therefore we don't yeah. really want brahma jyoti it's lonely it's lonely and it's boring <laughs> Thank you Mataji thank you thank you so much Hare Krishna Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai we're going pretty slowly but that's okay i think uh and of course you're all welcome to read ahead and read comments and uh, Prabhupada's purports and and note down anything you want to talk about next time uh good so now we're very happy to announce that <laughs> Diana Chandrika Devi Dasi and Hari Vyasadeva Das, mother and son, are going to be joining husband and father uh, in having he already has from his Guru Maharaj Sachinandan Swami, His Holiness Sachinandan Swami, they'll be receiving the Brahman or second initiation. Uh, and they're, well, I think they're quite excited about this. Are you excited about this? They're, they're having smiles from one ear to the other. So, <laughs> uh, they are at Golokadam in Germany. Uh, they're going to have lots of opportunity to serve Sri Sri Radha Madan Mohan. And uh, this is, of course, one of the, uh, how shall I say, one of the perks of Brahman initiation. The idea being that we worship the Lord in many different forms, one of the forms, the deity form, uh, following uh, the rules of Pancharatra, especially in temple worship and following high standards, uh, the deity is worshipped in the deity form together with uh, the chanting of these mantras, which are of two sorts. Uh, there are... Uh, there is one Vedic mantra and there are uh, six Pancharatrika mantras. Uh, what I want to say briefly is that as with the Maha mantra, we want to make it a practice. Uh, we, are, we are practicing as we are chanting uh, these mantras, which are for uh, those of us who are chanting these mantras, a kind of support for chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. In other words, um, the Gayatri mantras, including Mula mantras that we get, are uh, they are aiding, they are supporting, and especially it can be said they are helping us to be in the mode of goodness. 
And they're also recognizing in a sort of formal way something that we pray when we chant, when we sing uh, the Gurvashtakam, the final verse, uh, Yasya Prasadat Bhagavat Prasado, Yasya Prasadat Nagati Kutopi. And then the second half of the verse, Jayang Stuvangstasya Yashas Trisandya. So Jayan, meditating, uh, on the yasha, on the glory, we can say, of the guru, uh, when trisandyam, during the three sandhyas of the day, morning, midday, and evening, and so uh, we can say, in that sense, central to this meditation, which we do three times a day, uh, ideally three times a day, and I will discuss that with you when we uh, meet a little later. Um, it's, a, it's structuring our day in relation to Krishna. It's well, it's adding a structure to our day, which is uh, tied very much to the movement of the sun. Uh, and indeed, the, the, the worship of the sun, but more specifically, Surya Narayana, um, is especially identified in uh, the chanting of the first mantra that you'll be receiving. But beyond these technicalities, what are we doing with Brahman initiation? We are supposed to be um, acknowledging our aim uh, of uh, acting within or making our lives what Prabhupada called Brahminical, Brahminical culture. We're affirming the qualities uh, which, by which the Brahmins work. Samo damata boso cham kshantir arjavamevacha jnana vigyana mastikyam brahma karmas vabhavacham. And by that, then, we are... Um, representing we're representing our our whole mission what Prabhupada often would say uh, is that he wanted to introduce Brahminical culture uh, Brahminical culture into the Western world I would say into the whole world because <laughs> uh, including India where it's slipping away uh, so much um, so, I want to read a little passage from Sachinandan Swami's book, the Gayatri book. Uh, this is, let's see, page 112, uh, in which he's talking about manana, because manana is a process of reflecting on. Uh, 
And he says, Gayatri is meant to help us achieve this perfection of, of manana. For this end, one should practice the following six steps while chanting the Gayatri mantras. First, one should remember the meaning of the mantras. And there's much elaboration on the meaning of the mantras in this book. Second, one should search out the mantra devatas, the deities of the mantras in meditation. And each of the mantras have different uh, devatas uh, that one meditates on. Third, one should meditate on one's relationship with these deities. One should be reflecting, what is my relationship? Fourth, one should take exclusive shelter at their lotus feet. Fifth, one should practice the six limbs of Sharanagati. That's overlapping with number four, we can say. Uh, which then leads to the final step, which is number six, one should practice the path of Atmani Vedana, full self-surrender without reservation, which we could say is another way to put this uh, last one, uh, becoming Krishna's yes men or women. <laughs> saying yes to Krishna. So this is the opportunity. And of course, Prabhupada very mercifully and rather controversially gave this opportunity for all of us. Uh, it was specifically this which uh, he was criticized for, giving Brahman initiation to persons from, from Svapachas to Svapachas, persons from outside the culture altogether. And Prabhupada was completely firm on this point that we are becoming Vaishnava and Vaishnava is beyond uh, Brahmana. And therefore the Brahman initiation is given uh, to show recognition, uh, to acknowledge uh, that indeed now, uh, making this uh, initiation, as with first initiation, is a commitment. And I was just listening to a very nice explanation of uh, the encounter, the first encounter between uh, Lord Rama and Sugriva. And it's explained that um, it's a longer story how they met, but finally, when, <clears throat> when Sugriva understood that Rama was not his enemy, but rather his friend, and he was great, re greatly relieved, and he recognized, and Rama recognized, that they both have so much in common. They've both lost kingdoms. They've both lost their wives. Um, and uh, they're both in this miserable condition, they decided, uh, let's be friends. And then Rama said, 
Yes, and let's confirm it by having a, uh, a fire and let us circumambulate the fire. Because he knew that monkeys tend to forget their promises. <laughs> so we are all in a similar condition in this age of Kali. And therefore, it's good. Now we're not having the fire yagya, uh, but we can understand uh, at some time it will be good to have the fire yagya because it will help us uh, to, uh, to fix our commitment, our ongoing commitment. And it's a wonderful commitment indeed, the opportunity to directly serve the Lord Prabhupada says when we are chanting Hare Krishna, we're directly serving the Lord. When we worship the deity, we are directly worshiping the Lord. But all of this is only possible. Why? Because the acharyas are giving us permission. They are allowing us to do this. So uh, that's all I wanted to say for now. We'll say something more in private, so to say, uh, a little later. But for now, if all the devotees could unmute and give your blessings to Dhyana Chandrika and Hari Vyasadeva, I'm sure they'll be Hi Krishna. Hi Krishna. Hi Krishna. Hi Krishna. Now, after you're Brahman initiated, they're they're all going to be inviting you to their places to preach and to worship and to worship their deities. So watch out. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Yeah, they're gonna Nandi Mukhi is gonna be calling you and say, please come and worship Nursinga Dave. Yes, sure. <laughs> and Donna Kaylee is gonna say, please come to Munich and worship Shishikurni yeah, Thai. <laughs> right? Donna Kaylee. Okay, so I will say thank you all so much for joining together as we are doing. Have a wonderful week. And one more thing, please, please pray intensely for His Grace, our very dear Pankajangri Prabhu, who, whose condition with COVID is very serious. He's in... Um, He's in Calcutta in the hospital at present. They're considering to move him back to Mayapur where they have now similar facility. Um, but his condition has been, uh, he has been needing increasing uh, amount of oxygen. And uh, it's, it's looking quite serious. So please... Uh, offer prayers for him. I didn't want to end on a sad note, but um, let's let's say um, everything is possible for 
Shri Shri Panchatattva, Shri Shri Radha, Madhava, and especially Nrsingadev in Mayapur, whom he has been worshipping all these many years. Okay, Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Ananta Kutti Vaishnavarinda ki jai. Jai Gora Premanande. Hare Maharaja Guru Maharaj ki jai. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.